this sermon title this morning is The Secret to Living. I want you to touch three people and I want you to say the secret to living. The secret to living. The secret to living. And here's one thing that I love about New Year's resolutions is that New Year's resolutions is kind of a double-edged sword because with a New Year's resolution, you are, you are resolving in yourself to accomplish something, right? Amen? Anybody resolving to accomplish something, right? And then some of us, not all of us, right, but some of us, majority of us, uh, we, we tend to forget about that resolve and that resolution about two or three months into the year. Anybody ever failed at keeping their New Year's resolution? Uh, if your hand's not up, we're going to pray for liars at the end of the service. So you will come up and respond to that because we have all dropped the ball on New Year's resolutions. And so um, one thing that I decided to do this year was I didn't, I didn't want to wait. Uh, every year, and it's crazy, uh, I, des- I decide that I'm going to get healthier. Is that anybody else in the room uh, to get healthier, right? Well, this year I decided I'm not going to wait until New Year's to do it. So I decided after Halloween I'm going to eat healthier, I'm going to go to the gym, and I've lost 20 pounds in two months. And so... Um, it's been really good. I've survived the holidays, Pastor Chris. I ate like three tamales, and I was like, I got to stop. Like, I, yeah, that's a miracle right there for my Hispanic folks. To stop after three tamales, that is God right there. The Holy Ghost intervened and said, close your mouth. Amen? It was absolutely incredible, but the Holy Spirit stop, you know, and cookies and all the sweets. I've survived the holidays. I'm, I'm afraid to weigh myself tomorrow, but it's okay. Uh, but God's good. Uh, But here's what I love about New Year's resolutions is that we resolve to do something, but very quickly and often uh, through circumstances of life, we fall off the track of our resolution, amen? Whether it's a financial resolution, whether it's a family resolution, right? We commit to doing something, and we very quickly fall off that track or that trail of what we're trying to accomplish, and it only speaks of the human condition, Do you understand? Like, that's all that means is every year we make a resolution. We're going to do something. We're going to get healthier. We're going to get out of debt. We're going to resolve relationships. We're going to forgive people. But by March of 2019, most of you are going to be back in the same situation, back in the same financial struggle, back in the same uh, weight, uh, where you're at weight-wise and all that stuff. But here's what I want to do. I want to look at this scripture right here, okay? And if this is your life verse... Anybody have a life verse in here? Who has a life verse? Okay. Put that verse on the screen. Many of you, this is your life verse. It's Philippians 4.13. Is this anybody's life verse? Raise your hand if it's your life verse. Uh Uh-huh. This is your life verse. Okay. Now, don't feel bad because I'm going to take this verse and I'm going to show you how we as people tend to to use this verse and in, in, not in context. Does that make sense? Most of you have seen this verse in, in sports games and motivational talks and business plans. Is I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. I want you to repeat that. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, here's the part we especially as an American church focus on is the I can do. Uh. We as as an American culture, as an American church, we focus on the what? I can do, right? And so what we do is we live our lives like New Year's resolutions where we focus on improving ourselves, making ourselves better, making ourselves righteous, making ourselves holy, making ourselves have more faith, right? You ever tried to make yourself have more faith? 
I'm not, I'm not even joking. Like, I'm going to read my Bible every day, and I'm going to have more faith. You ever done that before? I'm going to pray every day, and I'm going to have more faith. And so what we do is we focus on the I can do. And many of you in this room, that's what you're focusing on for 2019 is the I can do. I can do this. I can start a business. I can get out of debt. I can lose the weight. But what you're doing is you are actually relying on yourself to do something. And you are putting confidence in yourself. And what happens is when you fail, you do what? You blame God. But I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But what happens when it doesn't happen? What happens when you lose the job? What happens when you don't accomplish the resolution? What happens when the goal that you've set for 2019 doesn't happen? Then you get frustrated and you get upset with God and you say, God, but you said I can do all things. And we, we, we hear this verse, and we've seen it all over social media. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But the most important part of this verse is the ending because it says, I can do everything through Christ. I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Now, you need to understand something about Philippians is it was written by Paul, the Apostle Paul. And he wrote this while he was in prison. In prison. Now I want you to think about the darkest, the loneliest, the most difficult time in your life. Would you have been able to say in the darkest night, in the most difficult situation, in the hardest time of your life, when you felt down, defeated, lost, I can do all things through Christ? Not at all. I know in myself, I've been through those seasons, I've been through those valleys where it's been like, God, where are you? Where are you? What are you doing? I don't understand. And one of the things about, that I love about New Year's resolutions is it gives us time to reflect and it gives us time to project what we're going to be doing. And some of you need to be reflecting. As we came into this church this morning, as we got here, I was reflecting on this altar. Now, what you guys don't know about this altar is this altar for me means so much. I came to this church eight years ago, and I had been living, I can do all things. That's how I lived my life. Eight years ago, when I came in here, and, and my all, I can do all things, led me to brokenness, led me to things that I shouldn't have been going, shouldn't have been going on in my life, and so it led me right to this altar, and I was broken. As I focused on the I can do, I realized quickly that I couldn't do, and it led me to this altar. Eight years ago, Jason Just, I'll never forget it. That man right there said, you need to come to my church because you're messed up. If you need somebody to speak truth into your life, that dude has no problem speaking it. He said, you need to come to this church because something's wrong with you, bro. <laughs> but you know what? I love it because it speaks of this church. It speaks of you come in here, and we're not going to think any different of you. We're going to love you. We're going to build you. We're going to restore you. And we're going to watch God use you, right? This altar was that to me. Four and a half years ago when I walked down this aisle and I met my wife, listen, I had, I had proposed to two other women before I proposed to that woman right there. You know why? Because I can do all things. <laughs> and both those girls broke my heart and stomped it. Amen? But you know what? 
Through Christ, I met my bride right here at this altar. So as I reflect on this altar, it means a lot to me. As I reflect on this altar, especially right now in this season of our lives and what we've gone through and what we face, listen, I've learned and I've realized that I can't do. I can't do. Because I've tried to live my life that way for so long. And God's saying, let go of the I can do and just focus on the through Christ. Through Christ. So I want to look at some scripture right now. I want to actually go to Philippians chapter 4. And I want to start at verse 6. And I want to give you the secret to living because Paul gives it to us here. And I think it is, there's something here because Paul is in prison. He's about to die. And he writes these words, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's a very profound statement right there. As he's facing persecution, as he's facing death, he writes these. And here's why he's able to write those. So we go to verse uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. And when you're there, just say amen. amen. Verse 6 says this. It says, don't worry about anything. Where are my warriors at? Not my warriors, my worriers. Where y'all at? And let's be honest in here, right? You're, you're a worrier, right? That's me. I'm a worrier. My wife, she's got more strength than I do. I'm the worrier in the family, amen? When I get in the car, I worry because she's driving. That's me. It's funny because, listen, <laughs> my wife, uh, if you don't know, she drives for Uber and Lyft. And so my wife, my boo, has gotten over a thousand five stars. A thousand five stars. She's done absolutely incredible, but when I get in the car, I still worry. And she tells me all the time, you are the only person literally on this planet who thinks I can't drive. And I said, I don't know, I'm just a worrier, right? Don't worry about anything. Now, what we need to understand is that Paul's not saying just don't act like it's not happening. You're going to go through life. You're going to go through valleys. You're going to go through trouble. You're going to go through hardship. You're going to go through challenges. But what he's saying, it says, it says don't worry about anything instead. We forget about the instead, right? He says you're going to worry you're going to have moments, you're going to have doubts, you're going to have questions. But he said, instead of worrying, instead of dwelling on it, what does it say? Pray. So here's what you've got to learn to do to have a successful year. Is that when you begin to worry, right? Listen, some of you, listen, if you think about a bad day, think about the worst day you've ever had. If you think about it, the whole day wasn't really that bad. It was a moment that happened that caused you to begin to worry that ruined that whole day for you. Amen? It was probably about... Five minutes of bad news, if that, and then your mind kicked in and you begin to think of all the things that could go wrong. Are my worriers in here? Is that what happens, right? Like you get, you get, you get, a, a, you hear about something, something's happened, right? And within like five to ten minutes, your worrying mind begins to shift and think of all the worst possible things that could happen. Anybody else like that? Now here's what Paul says is when that begins to happen, here's what you got to do. Instead of worrying, you should what? Pray. Now, I'm not, I'm not the most, like, you, I'm not this spiritual holy roller. That is not me. Amen? I'm not saying when news happens, automatically hit your knees, right? And just, oh, God, you got to help me. 
What I'm saying is that you know how your mind works. You know how quickly when that news happens, you shift and your focus goes to the negative things of life, right? At that moment, what you have to do is Paul says, instead, pray. Now, what, how does he tell us to pray here, though? He gives us specific instructions on how to pray. He says, instead, pray about everything. And he says, there's two things to do. Tell God what you need. Somebody tell God what you need, not what you want. There's a difference. And I've learned that this year because I've told God a lot of what I want. And none of it's happened. <laughs> but I've never had a day where I've needed something. If I were to be honest, and every day when I wake up, I've prayed a lot of prayers of what I want, but God's always provided what I need. And if you, are, if you woke up this morning and got in a car and put clothes on and ate some food this morning, God has provided everything that you need. Tell God what you need. Too often we focus on what we want, and then we get disappointed, right? We tell God what we want because we're still living in the I can do, right? I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. And when it doesn't happen... We get frustrated, we begin to doubt, we begin to question instead of saying, God, I just want to tell you what I need, not what I want. And God's never left me with anything. I've, I've always had what I needed, always, amen? Some of you need to be thankful right now because you woke up with everything that you needed. And that's what you need to remember. And when you go from that worrying to praying, you need to say, God, you know what? I have everything that I need. And, and here's, you know what I mean? Like, you need to shift. It says, tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. When you're living I can do and, and what you want doesn't happen, when what you've asked for doesn't happen, we begin to forget about all of the faithfulness, all of the goodness, all of the times God has come through. How quickly we forget, right? Like, how quickly we go from, God, this didn't happen the way I wanted it to. This didn't happen. I didn't get the promotion. I didn't get the job. I didn't get the opportunity, God. And how quickly we forget about all of the good things that God has done. We start worrying. We start doubting. And we forget about the years of faithfulness that God has been to us. We forget about all of the moments God has picked us up, God has lifted us up, God has brought us through, God has done so many good things. So Paul says, when you pray, tell him what you need and thank him for what he has done. One of the most difficult things to do is thank God in the midst of your worry. One of the most challenging things to do is when you're worried about life and you're worried about what's going to happen and how things are going to work out to say, God, you know what? Thank you. Thank you, because you're still in control, you're still faithful, you're still good, and I still trust you. See, that, that's where God's trying to get us is from the I can do to the through Christ. Because through Christ, God's going to provide, God's going to work, God's going to establish, God's going to move. So Paul tells us to pray instead, and let's keep reading here. Now here's what I want you to remember, worry's coming. Paul says, instead pray, tell God what you need, thank him for what he has done, then you will experience what? Put it on the screen. 
then you will experience God's peace. Does that say then your circumstances will change? Then your trouble will go away. Then the finances will be there. Then the miracle will happen. Not at all. It doesn't say any of that. Then you will get the job. When you stop worrying and you start praying, then the promotion comes. It doesn't say anything like that. It says then you will experience what? God's peace. If you were not listening to Jessica, she said that there was a moment, there was a a, a time when she just felt what? The peace. There was a peace. The situation didn't change. Her heart condition didn't change. The complications didn't change. But God came in and he said, I'm going to bring peace. And she knew it was going to be all right. And guess what? His faithfulness was on display this morning right here at this altar. There was a peace. There was a peace. I got some news last week that rocked my world, guys. I'm not going to share right now what it was, but it rocked my world. But before I got that bad news, guess what? There was a peace. There was a peace. God came in and he said, you're going to experience my peace. And I want to keep reading this. It says, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will what? Guard your hearts and your minds as you what? Live how? In Christ. So many times we see Paul here in prison. You want to know how he had the ability to say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me? Because he's constantly pointing back to living your life through Jesus. He's constantly saying, look, this is not me. It's through God. It's through Jesus. If you want to know how to live life and not be shaken by your circumstance, not be shaken by your trouble, not be shaken by your worry, then focus on the through Christ. And then peace will come and it will guard you. It will guard you. You ever been guarded by something before? Anybody else been guarded by something before? I used to play football, and it was my job to protect and guard the quarterback. That was my job. That was what we do. Listen, I love the Dallas Cowboys, okay? And here's one thing I would say. Here's one thing I would say. Tyron Smith. Anybody know who Tyron Smith is? If you have ever seen that man, he looks like a machine. I've seen him on TV. I've never seen him in person. But every time I see him, right, I'm like, this guy looks like a machine. He weighs like 350 pounds, but not one ounce of fat on him. He, has, he got a shoulder injury, and it kind of blew my mind. His, or his elbow was injured, and they didn't have a brace that would fit him. So he actually wears a knee brace on his elbow because his arm is that huge. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm Dak Prescott, and I'm, I'm, I'm yelling out hike, and guys are trying to come rip my head off, that's the guy that I want guarding me. Do you understand? I know that Dak Prescott looks at that man every day and he is very thankful that that man is guarding him. Because I would be. You know what I'm saying? If it was me or him and Dak was like, I'm going to pick that guy. You understand? And I would not have my feelings hurt by that. But here's what I want you to understand is that God says, you will experience my peace. How does that peace come? It comes through the Holy Spirit. And I don't know about you, but 
Nobody's guarded my life better than the Holy Spirit. Nobody has protected me better than the Holy Spirit. Nobody has looked out for me better than the Holy Spirit. I, I heard this example the other day, and it blew my mind. Has anybody ever been to an escape room before? Y'all remember when we went to that escape room? Nancy's smiling. You remember that escape room? Now, if you've never been, you have to do all of these tasks. You have to perform all these tasks, and you got to go from room to room, right? And, and you, have to, you have to take it serious. Me and Pastor Chris took it very serious. Jason, you, you, I mean, we took it very serious. Jason wasn't there. Oh, sorry, my bad. Uh, <laughs> no, he was there. <laughs> I thought you were. He didn't take it serious. But you have to follow these clues. And you try to unlock these doors to go to room to room to room to room. And, you, you know, whatever, right? Now, there are certain times where you can't figure it out. Like, unless you have a group of geniuses in there, there's, there's times when you can't figure out how to get out of the room. But... All you have to do is what? What did we have to do, Pastor Chris? When we were stuck, what did we have to do in that escape room? Ask for help. There were many times in our escape room where we couldn't figure out how to get out, but all we had to do was ask for help. Now, the reason we had to ask for help is because there was the intercom system that once we asked for help, guess what they were going to do? They were going to give us hints and clues because they had done it, because they had built it, because they had created that escape room. They knew exactly how to get out of it. But we had to do what? Ask for help. We had to ask for help. That's what the Holy Spirit is. That's what the Holy Spirit does, is when you feel trapped, when you feel stuck, the Holy Spirit's saying, hey, just come talk to me. Just begin to ask me for help, and I'm going to show you how to unlock doors. I'm going to show you how to get out of this situation. I'm going to show you how to do everything you need to do to be successful. But you have to ask for help. Some of you right now, you've been locked in a room for years because you're trying to do the I can. I can get out. I can get out of debt. I can fix my marriage. I can fix this problem. I can fix this situation. I can fix my business. And the Holy Spirit is sitting there the whole time just waiting for you to ask for help. That's what I love about God, because he's waiting for you. He didn't leave the room. He's not left you by yourself. The Bible promises that God will never leave us nor forsake us. He's been there the whole time waiting for you just to say, I need help. And then the Holy Spirit says, I got you. I know exactly what key to use, exactly what door to go through, exactly what opportunity. I know exactly what to do. But we have to ask for help. Verse 8 says this, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure, and, love, and lovely, and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you have learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will what? Be with you. What if for 2019, that's what we focused on? Not the I can do, but the peace of God that will be with us. What if we said, God, I'm going to take 2019 and I'm just going to focus on being with you. And as I'm with you, God, I'm going to watch you move and I'm going to watch you work and I'm going to watch doors open and opportunities happen and things go my way because you have promised all things will work out for the good of those who what? Love 
Jesus, who are walking out life and living out life through Jesus. What if we said, God, this year, I'm not going to set a resolution of something that I want to accomplish. I'm going to, I'm going to dedicate 2019 to being with you. Because that's the reward. Guys, I've gotten good reports. I've gotten promotions. I've gotten more money. I've gotten the blessing. And let me tell you something. The physical blessing has not sustained me. Do you understand? When I, when I, when I say the physical blessing, I'm talking about the good job, the promotion, the thing that's happened. God's broken through, right? You ever prayed for a job? Like, God, give me this job. And you got the job. And you got all excited. And then three months later, you were mad because you got that same job that God had blessed you with. Anybody had that happen before? On your knees, God, I will live my life every day for you if you give me this job. And then God gives you the job. And three months later, you're praying not to hurt your boss. And God's like, I gave you your blessing. Are you not happy? I always think of Gladiator. Are you not entertained? Right? I always think when I get the blessing and I see that, are you not entertained? Are you not good? Because nothing in this world can satisfy us. No money, no amount of success. Where's my dude at? Right here, my famous man, man, come on, we're going to believe that for you. But if you make it famous, brother, it ain't going to last. <laughs> I broke that kid. I mean, <laughs> sometimes you got to break them. Ask my daughter. She tells me stuff. I'm like, no, girl. Um, but it doesn't last. She said, see, she went at her kid. It's that Hispanic in us. But the, the physical blessing, the outward blessings, it never lasts. We always yearn for more, right? Amen. Once it comes, we get it. We get excited about it. We get happy about it. But then it what? Fades. Many of you in this room have had answered prayers, right? Who has had a God answer a prayer? Again, if your hand's not raised, a liar spirit is going to be cast out of you after service. But did it last? Did your, your peace last? Did your joy last? Did your excitement last? The only thing that lasts is when God comes in and says, I'm with you. That's the only thing that's going to sustain you in 2019 is that, God, no matter what comes, I know you're with me. I know your peace and your presence is with me. I know it's going to be all right because you're here. I know I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. So let's make 2019. Let's not set a goal. Let's not set a resolution. Let's say, God, I want 2019 to be a year where I just get with you because you're eternal you're forever I'm not investing in something that will one day fade I'm not investing in something that will one day lose interest I'm investing in an eternal relationship and walk with our father Josh you can come up I'm going to start closing this thing down verse 10 says how I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again I know you have always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned. I want you to read this part right here. 
For I've learned how to be content with whatever I have. That needs to sit in your spirit right now for 2019. I have learned to be content with whatever I have. Because I've gone to the store and only been able to buy Raymond noodles. I've had moments where I've had to tell my daughter no because I didn't have the money to pay for it. I've had moments where I didn't know how the light bill was going to get paid for. I've had moments where me and this woman didn't know how we were going to financially make it. I've had moments where our our family and our marriage has been rocked by current situations and circumstances and things have happened around us that we didn't understand. I've learned how to be content with whatever I have. Because Paul realized it's not about what you have. It's not about the car you drive. It's not about the house you live in. It's not about the kind of shoes on your feet. It's not about how much money is in the account. It's not about any of those things. And Paul realized that. He said, I've learned to be content with whatever I have. And God's speaking to you right now, and he's saying, are you content with what you have? Because if you are, it's going to let you down at some point. It's going to fail you at some point. If you're relying on your job, if you're relying on yourself, if you're relying on the, the, the promotion, it's going to fail you at some point. That's why Paul says, I'm content with what I have. Because God has given me everything that I need. I know how to live on almost nothing. Where are my almost nothing folks at? I've learned how to live on almost nothing or with everything. And that's that's the thing about this life. There's going to be moments of almost nothing. And then there's going to be moments of almost everything. I've been in both places. I truly have. I've had more money in my bank account than I ever thought I would before. I've had less money in my account than I've ever thought I would never. I'm like, God, I don't know how we're going to do it. I've been in both places. I've lost jobs. I've lost opportunities. I've gotten them. And I've gotten promotions. And if you would reflect right now, you, you could think of all those moments where you didn't have anything at all. And then you had everything at all that at the same time. You can think of both times and both seasons of your life. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or with, an em- or with empty or with plenty or little. That's the part we like to leave out before we get to verse 13. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is full with a full stomach or empty with plenty or little, for I can do 
everything through Christ who gives me strength. I want you to close your eyes right now. There are going to be seasons, there are going to be moments of your life where you will have nothing. There are going to be seasons and moments of your life where you will have everything. The secret of living, though, is knowing that no matter where life is going, whether it's nothing or everything, God is with you. And he's promised he would never leave you nor forsake you. Nothing you have done has caused God to leave your room. Even if you caused yourself to be locked in that room, God never left. And if this year you say, Pastor Nate, 2019, I just want to be with God. I want you to stand to your feet right now. I just want to be with God. I want to experience his peace. I want to experience his presence. Because God, those things can't, this world can't touch This world can't take away the presence and the peace of God. And he has promised that for us in this passage. He says, I promise you, you can go through those seasons of nothing. You can go through it because I'm with you. Those seasons of everything, you're going to be all right because I'm with you. And if that's you, I want you to lift both hands towards heaven. And I want you to say, God, I just need you. I just need you, God. You, you know my situation. You know my circumstance. You know my difficulty, God. But God, I need you. And as long as I know that you're with me, I'm going to be okay. As long as I know you're in the room, I'm going to be okay. As long as I know you're there. Some of you, that needs to be 2019. God, as long as you're there, I'm good. As long as you're with me, I'm good. As long as I can feel you, as long as I can hear you, as long as I can experience the peace, God, that only you can bring, God, I'm going to be okay. Because life is going to throw things at me that are going to knock me down, God. I'm going to have moments and seasons where I'm on the mountain, where I'm in the valley, God. But none of those things matter because you are with me every single step. Every single moment, every tear, God. Every heartbreak, God. Every moment, God, where I don't understand why. I don't understand what's happening, God. I know that you are with me. God, I pray for every single person in this room, Lord, that they would leave here with the presence and the peace of God, Lord. God, no matter their circumstance, no matter their difficulty, God, they would walk out of this room, Lord God, with a sense of peace that doesn't make sense. God, it's, you can't understand it because, God, they're going through some of the most difficult things in their lives right now, God. God, their minds have wandered so far away. But God, I pray right now that you would reach down and you would say, I'm I'm with you. I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. People will walk away. People will disappoint you. People will leave you. But God says, I'm staying. 
I see your mess, I see your problems, and I'm staying. I'm not going to do an altar call because this is something you have to do in your heart because I had to do it in mine. I couldn't rely on a pastor to lay hands on me. I couldn't rely on an altar to save me. I had to make my own altar in my heart and I had to lift my hands towards God and say, God, as long as you're with me, it's gonna be okay. And some of you right now, you need to do that. You need to build an altar in your heart and you need to lift your hands in your heart and you need to say, God, as long as you're here, I'm good. So we're going to worship for one moment, and I want you right now to begin to build that altar in your heart that says, God, I just want you right here. I just want you right here. Holy Spirit, you are right here inside of me, and I just need your presence, and I need your peace, God, to know that everything is going to be okay. In the seasons of nothing, in the seasons of everything, God, it doesn't matter anymore. I just need you to be with me. So we're going to worship right now, and we're just going to build the altars in our heart that say, God, right here is where I need you. Right here. I need your presence and your peace.